Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us tonight on episode 22, season three of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Richie is currently stuck at work right now, so he's not with me tonight. So Paul is going to help out um, as best he can. How are you going, Paul? Woo! Yes, you have seen the light. I get my chance to shine. Here we go. Oh, we're, yes. We're... And um, as, there, but perhaps that's not not the right tone for this uh, for this week. No, as you've <laughs> had um, about an hour's notice, I'm sure you've caught up on all the games um, that have happened. Uh, so um, absolutely, yeah. I know the results. <laughs> so um, as always, we're we're here live on 8 p.m. and you're going to catch us at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Tonight we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was rugby league, including our top stories of the week a review of round 19 and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys as well as some questions we've got for each other. Um, We'll then preview round 20 and make our tips. Richard was nice enough to send me his tips, so I have them. Um, And before ending... I can tip for him. I can tip for him. No worries. We're good. We're good. (laughs) I I think he needs a bit more help than that. But um, (laughs) then uh, time pending, we will um, hopefully have a good recap of Super League. Spoilers, Wigan lost, so I probably won't talk about it too much, um, but we'll see what we can do. So remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. I see a few of you are here already. Hey, Jacko. Hey, Simon. Um, and we may as well jump straight into the top stories of the week. Um, we'll go with the first one. I know you, you've you got some opinions on it. So um, Manly have had several players standing down this week due to their team's pride jersey that they're playing in tomorrow night, not aligning with their religious beliefs. Um, what say you? I'll throw it to you first. You'll throw it to me first. Well, as I will go straight to the comments, actually. As Robbie says, um, he goes, oh, my gosh, it's like putting me as a guest on a golf show. Uh, yeah, he's not. He's not. Uh, it's clear he doesn't break my uh, break my league knowledge, but um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give it a go. Look, um, it, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? We've, we've, it's... Um, the uh, it, it's an interesting line in the sand to draw um, when uh, we've let's be honest, rugby league has had its issues with drugs, um, with um, bestiality, with um, um, adultery, with uh, 
sex, um, uh, sexual harassment, sexual um, uh, abuse, uh, and all these things. And yet, the the, the line they draw in the sand is that we won't um, wear a jersey that uh, promotes um, uh, inclusivity. So, uh, yeah, uh, interesting one. Um, I've seen people put up there that uh, uh, we shouldn't be, take politics out of sport. Um, and as I saw, um, but then again, look, your Indigenous Round jersey, your um, your Anzac jersey, um, uh, your cultural jersey, whatever, those are all political jerseys too. Uh, and I read somewhere that someone said, yeah, look, if 40 years ago, if you got people to wear, uh, if you said, oh, yeah, everyone's wearing an Indigenous jersey, there'd be a whole bunch of people who would have stood up and gone, now or not. Um, 80 years ago, if people had... Um, we're wearing a pink jersey. We're all wearing pink jerseys this round for uh, for for um, for women. So um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of um, oh, look. It's if you're not complaining about those jerseys, please don't use the word uh, take politics out of sport because sorry, they're all political jerseys to a greater or lesser degree. Um, so uh, so look, uh, so I, I, I um, it's it's a it's a strange line in the sand. Uh, I um, I don't agree with their views. Um, and look, I'm not particularly religious myself, but. Um, uh, the, I think they should be uh, that uh, if, if your club wants to promote this, then you should then you might want to question whether you want to be hiring these people um, in the first place. Is, is that uh, as, as, as somebody said um, on my Twitter feed, look, how does this match up with the Manny Sea Eagles core goals and reason for existing? If it does, then um yeah, basically, are these players you want to be part of your part of your team kind of thing? Uh, it's been very badly handled by the Seagulls. Those other jerseys I've talked about before, people in this in this day and age, whatever have a problem with them. Um, even I would know that there was going to be an issue with this jersey, uh, and to have not discussed it with the players uh, it shows naivety uh, more than anything by, by the club. Um, should the club? I mean, should the players expect to get? Um, uh, have a, have input into their jerseys, perhaps not. But in this case, I think it was one where they know anyone with any any any, any sort of knowledge would know it's going to blow up. So, look, I don't see any problem with the jersey, um, and uh, it's a shame that the players that some players do. Uh, but um, there should have been more awareness training or whatever you want to call it with them. Um, it was it wasn't handled great. I think I've covered most things as I rambled along. Yeah, you, you took it all. Um... Yeah, I I don't really have uh, it's. I'll take Richard's point of view that he normally does, which is sitting on the fence because I don't have a, a religious um, side. Um, but I think, like I said to you before the show, I heard the the Warriors players had a few good points where they said, um, you know, if they don't want to play due to their religious beliefs, fine, just cut it off there. Go, yeah, okay, um, and move on. That club's not backing down they're still going to wear the jersey and they've got other players that are going to play instead um like you said though i think it's probably something that the club should have had discussions with before that by the way it's all come out now it kind of seems like they were just like here it is um this is what's happening um you'd think there'd be some communication but as jacko said uh the rainbow jersey's actually sold out um which shows there are people that are interested it's not a bad jersey to be fair um, it's it's not like it's covered in glitter and, and everything, you know. Um, Where are the unicorns? And, I want to see the unicorns. Oh, yeah, it's essentially no, the same jersey with rainbow and the stripe instead of white. Um, I see. It's, been, it's yeah. been very tastefully done. It's uh, it's and it's um, and if you yeah, if you if you like the original jersey, you're going to like this one. Really, um, if if from an aesthetic point of view, 
Uh, the, so, yeah, no, it's been very well done. Um, but so, look, clearly some of the players knew about it because they'd had a photo shoot in them. Yeah, um, this week, and, you know, <laughs> but, no, but I mean, I mean the, the photo shoot was, was obviously before the announcement because you've yeah. got to take the photos first, right? Um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so uh, I mean, the fact that none of them went, uh, you do realise my mate over there is not going to be happy with this, don't you? Have you, have you had a chat about this, folks? Um, but nobody put the hand up and said, folks, it just shows a bit of, I say, naivety by a lot of people here. Um, but yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, they'll be wearing that tomorrow night. Um, and again, we'll pick our, our winners of later on. But we may as well move off that into a more controversial topic, um, <clears throat> which was the Tigers. Um, the Tigers were robbed. Um, I've put my line in the sand there. They looked to have scored a major upset over the Cowboys um, until the Cowboys made a captain's challenge at full time and were given a penalty, which won the match. Um, Graham Ellersley came out um, in probably the most anticipated week review um, this season. And he, he said that he was comfortable with the challenge being made, but admitted that the bunker got the penalty call wrong. And that's the end of conversation, essentially. Um Ashley Klein, uh, the gentleman that was in the bunker, has been stood down um, for his faux pas. But it's, yeah, it's not a good situation. Um, You can pull out all the million different scenarios. What if that happened in the grand final? Or if that was essentially that game there as much of an upset it was, it potentially could have sealed the Tigers' fate for being um, wooden spoon this year. Um, They had the win got off the, the bottom of the ladder and then they got the win taken away and now they're back at the bottom again. Um, what's your take on it, Paul? Uh, look, I'm not saying it, but I've heard a lot about it. Look, at the end of the day, uh, thankfully there's not relegation in NRL because, um, as you say, it, this could mean they get they, they, they pick up the wooden spoon. Um, the, you, know, you can't be changing results afterwards because otherwise you might go back to like, oh, there was this decision in the second minute. Look, with this one being so late in the game, uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty unequivocal. This decided the game incorrectly. Yeah, but uh, you you have to be black and white with this. You can't be um, having grey areas. So I understand why they can't change the result. But yeah, tough. Um, and um, how about training your uh, your refs better? Uh, basically, come on, they should know the laws at the end of the day. And that's a, a failing on NRL um, for not train for not um, for not uh, for, yeah for that they they're um, that their officials don't know the rules. Yeah, well, the the thing is, the the uh, yeah, Jack has said on the other side, it also helps the Cowboys stay in the top four and get a home final game. Um, yeah, Ashley Klein's one of the more experienced ones too, and um, I've seen a million people look at the footage of the penalty he gave and said they can see why he gave it, but the NRL have come out and said it was wrong. I thought it was wrong, um, but yeah. Just very thankful it happened to the Tigers, not the Warriors, as this might have been a very long show. And, the, and also, <laughs> not, uh, there's the, the, the uniformity of people saying this was wrong on social media shows you. I mean, normally, there's an argument about it. you see people from both sides, uh, even if there's yeah. a majority one way. This one was all one way. So, yeah, that's, um, it, it, was, it was clearly a wrong call. Yeah, and Jack also said there was another call wrong in the field of play. Holmes was offside at kickoff, and um, the Tigers actually tried to challenge that, and the referee said no, the bunker um, have cleared it. So you could technically say in that one facet of play, the bunker made two mistakes. Um, so not a good look. But, um, yeah, training the refs is always, um, you know, something that needs to be done. It's 
you know, one of the most thankless jobs in any sport is probably is the most thankless job in any sport is being a referee. Um, you only hear about referees when they do a bad job. You never hear about them when they do a good one. Um, I don't believe there has been a good one yet, but I'm, I'm a Warriors fan. So, you know, we, we don't see good referee performances normally, but hopefully it leads to some changes with what they do in terms of preparing these guys. Um, you know, it's not really a, a job that everyone's screaming to go and do. So yeah, but they, um, they are they are full time professionals, right? They're not they're not volunteers they for the job. So no, you've got plenty of time to do uh, to jo- join the week to and, and join the off season to be doing scenarios and running all these scenarios and running all these things because they if this happens, what's the call, folks? And uh, yeah, so I mean, there's plenty of time for it's not I mean, especially the guys in the bunker. It's not like they have yeah. to be running around getting fit. They just have to sit there and learn how to watch TVs. It's not I mean, even I can watch TV. Yeah. It's exactly, um, but yeah, we're, we'll cover it a little bit more later on in the review. Uh, but next bit of news, we kind of touched on it briefly last week. We've got a bit more of an idea of what's happening, but Christian Wolf is set to join the Dolphins as an assistant coach for two years in a similar plan to what we discussed last week, Paul, with the Tigers. Um, Christian Wolf's going to be an assistant for two years under Wayne Bennett, and then in the third year, he's going to promote to head coach with Wayne Bennett's um, possibly retiring you can never say it at his age he he wants to keep going but um it sounds like he will go into the background and have a more consultant role um it's not a bad move it's a bit of a, a shame that it just looks like they're copying the tigers right now but christian wolf is an experienced coach compared to benji marshall who hasn't had a game as a coach yet so um it's a good move for the dolphins and it now makes it more clear on why Christian Wolf said no to the Warriors and um, the other clubs that were after him. Because this sounds like a, a dream come true for a coach to be able to be an understudy to one of the best coaches around um, and then get to take over a brand new club, essentially, um, just a couple of years into their, their history. So um, wish him nothing but the best until they play the Warriors. But um yeah i think it's a good move for him yeah look and also look there's a lot the expectations going pretty low for an ex, for an expansion team so uh um so it, he, he can only do right from that point of view uh, and he'll <clears throat> and he gets to build a an organization in the culture that he wants um because even even if he is assistant initially i'm sure that he'll be working with wayne i'm sure that wayne will be giving him sort of leeway in that kind of sense um so yeah you, you get to build something from scratch which is exciting, and yeah, there's not too much um, expectation for the first couple of years. So yeah, as, as he gets his gets his feet uh, under the table, so perfect. Definitely, and we'll keep the the coach train running. Um, Rumours are still uh, are starting to firm now that Cameron Seraldo will be named as the new Bulldogs coach. Still waiting on something official, uh, but apparently Ivan Cleary has given his blessing. So we could potentially Paul see Ivan Cleary lose both his assistants. Um, in the space of a couple of weeks, um, one to the Warriors, one to the Bulldogs. Um, what would you see in a union perspective if you lost both your assistants? Do you think that has a, a big impact on you preparing or it's just you find the next two up? Uh, it depends how much time you've got, really, doesn't it? Um, to, but yes, I mean, if, if, it's, if, if they're taken straight away, then you're in trouble. But if it's uh, at the end of the season, then yeah, you just get the next two up, really. You have to. Uh, we're going to see that with the Crusaders this year, as um, uh, as Razor's lost both his, his attack coach to Leinster and his defence coach, to, sorry, his forwards coach to um, 
the um, All Blacks. Uh, the All Blacks. So yeah, it's something we'll see over here as well. But now you just got to get on with it. If you're if you're going to be that successful uh, and have good assistant coaches, you they're going to have ambition and uh, exactly. you've got to back yeah. that up. Yep. Yeah. If a, if a assistant coach is really passionate about being coaching, they're not going to stick around as an assistant for long if they've got the um, the skill set to to take a top role and. Despite what's happened this year, first grade jobs don't normally come up that often. So um, they they usually well, jump at the chance. Sure, you say that, but then again, what were the, what four maybe four changes last year from memory? Um, the uh, and we've had sort of kind of similar similar ones this year. So perhaps it's becoming more um, more cutthroat, and there is more kind of like if you don't perform, you, you're gone. Um, rather than uh, so, yes, yeah, so I think that could be a we might, maybe it's something we'll see more of. Maybe it's a change, sign of the times. Well, you generally see um, the the Warriors will probably switch one every couple of years. So um, there's always a Warriors job ready. So, so we'll see. Um, I've been through a couple as well. and uh... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, and we'll, we'll get away from coaching for a bit, but the Titans really have released. The Dragons, are, the Dragons are losing two, two assistant coaches as well. Yeah, but no one cares about the Dragons. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, true, true, true. true. Um, the Titans... Um, yeah, so Jacko said, yeah, Dragons and Titans have fired their assistant coaches but kept the head man. Yeah. Um, I, I've already said I don't want to talk about the Dragons, Jacko. So we'll, <laughs> just, we'll move just, on. It's just like the All Blacks. It's like, it's like, yeah. clearly, clearly it's not the top guy's fault. It's somebody else's fault. Somebody yeah, else and, and the Titans have released Kevin Proctor effective immediately after he breached both NRL and stadium regulations when he posted a video vaping during halftime of the Titans match in the weekend. Um, I know there's been a lot of people going, you know, how, why would you fire the guy for that? He was essentially leaving at the end of the year, but he broke the NRL guidelines, the stadium guidelines, and he also was using his mobile phone in the change rooms during a match, which I think is probably what sealed his fate more than the vaping thing. Um, but he, he's his own worst enemy. He's come out now and said, you know, he, he realizes the mistake he made. Um, <laughs> But, you know, he, why, if you're going to do something like that, why video it and post it out to people? Um, yeah, it it kind of reminds me of the storm situation with the cocaine in the off season where they videoed it. Um, at least in that one, they didn't share it. It was someone else in the room. You know, it doesn't, doesn't say that they should have been doing what they were doing, but he took the video and then did it himself. Right. And you, you're right. You're, whilst the vaping makes a great headline, pardon me. And as Simon puts in here, mobile phones and match fixing are uh, yeah. are, are, are a known combination. So clearly, yeah, you, it's 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 he should know. And that should be a fairly basic thing. He's gone through some sort of uh, integrity or anti and anti gambling uh, training. Uh, so he should know. And yeah, your own fault, yeah. mate. You gone? Yeah, and he, he's going to be on the way to Super League shortly. Um, it looks like that's his avenue because the NRL teams don't really want to touch him with a 10-foot barge pole. Um, due to not only this, but his previous discretions he's had. Um, but yeah, might be a good time. Indiscretions. indiscretion, sorry. Um, might be a good time for him to go to the enormous hemisphere and grow up a little bit, um, I guess. But the next one was actually one I was bringing you in for. Um, when I thought Richard wasn't going to um, pick his job over me. 
But um, former All Black Israel Dag has come out and stated that he believes the NRL has overtaken rugby in regards to demanding an audience in New Zealand, saying that fans are getting um, bored and disenchanted with the stop-start mode and confusing rules and are looking at the NRL, which has a higher ball and playtime and free-flowing action. His actual quote was, if you want to go and watch sport for entertainment, you go and watch league at the moment. What's your take on that as the, the union guru on this this little show uh well yeah we know this is true i mean we've uh, um we've heard oh uh, i i've you kind of hear stuff on the on the uh on the grapevine uh and basically there is um uh, the sky's tv ratings for the um for the warriors is better than it was for super rugby so look yes that absolutely, he's absolutely right I and mean, it's, it's it's just amazing that um there is a, uh, a rugby union pundit who's awake enough to realize what's going on uh look now they, they don't help themselves um, by uh, the, the way they talk about referees and uh, the fact that the commentators don't know the laws, never mind. Um, so hence, if, if they're going to mislead the public and the public don't, no wonder the public doesn't know what's going on. So yeah, it's there are there are definitely some serious problems with union at times. A, gr- a great union game is 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 fantastic. The problem is we just don't have enough of them. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, I I get bored very easy with it. I, I still watch when I can. Um... But I've always preferred the the action of NRL, and it, you, I think it's changed a lot. Like back in the old days, it used to be people liked to watch NRL because there was always the shoulder charge and fights and things. Where there's not that anymore. It's just exciting to watch. And you look, we just talked for like 10, 15 minutes about a cowboy, a second place team playing a last place team, and there being a controversial finish in the 80th minute. Um, you don't get that a lot in other competitions. The there there are very separate levels with teams in the NRL, but on any given day, one of the worst teams can get in there and put a performance against one of the best. Um, which I think when it's that close, it's good. It's just it doesn't happen consistently for every team. Um, but yeah, I still love it. Um, clearly, I, I sit on here and talk about it all the time. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, I'm sure Richard would have had something insightful to say there, but he's not here. So um, I'll probably throw that at him next week as well if you want to hear what his thoughts are there. But um, the last bit of news before we go on to injuries, um, the Storm have been desperate to find loan players and rumours are really firming right now that they've managed to nab David Norfoluma from the Tigers for the rest of the season. Um, it's an interesting take. I don't like it myself. Um, I know they've got a lot of injuries, um, but they it's all kind of happened when Ryan Pappenhausen got injured and Manly, um, Manly have lost one of the best players in the competition early on and they are, you know, getting other people. Um, they're actually using their depth and I think this is, probably the first year we've really seen Melbourne's debt tested. Normally they get the water boy and give him a jersey and he plays the game of his life. It's just how the storm are. doesn't matter who's out there. They play well, um, but they're kind of falling into a rabbit hole. And I don't like the idea. I was speaking with some people today, kind of, it, I understand when it's a player that's at the end of the season, they're moving on to another club. Like when they talked about Reese Walsh, and the like, he's not our warrior next year, so why not ask the question? But David Northaluma is a tiger next year, so he's basically gone to his team, 
and said, there's a chance for me to potentially win a premiership. I'm going to go help them, and then I'll be back in the off-season back here, and I'll be 100% Tiger again. Um, I couldn't see it if I was a player wanting to abandon my team to join another team just because they're going better and then coming back. But I could see it if you were on the outer and you were leaving, and they're like, well, we're not using you. You may as well go, um, which we saw, like, and it's a top. It's a top player. Like when we saw a lot with COVID, the Warriors were getting loan players. They weren't getting one of the first guys you name in the Dragons when we got Dragons players. We got guys that were playing reserve grade. And it's like, we'll let you guys have them because then they'll at least get game time. Um, where this one is, you know, the leading try scorer for the Tigers, I believe, right now. Um, and he's going off. But it's I, I think the loan system... It can be good, but it looks. I just feel like a top team is taking advantage of it for all the wrong reasons. Well, I think it's bullshit, right? Let's be honest. Um, bringing yeah. in players uh, this late from teams that know they aren't going to make the round, so make the finals to teams that are to try and bolster themselves. That's wrong. Um, the uh, maybe take something a bit like the uh, um, like the NFL have, where you have like a core squad and then you have a uh, an injury reserve squad and then. You can loan out your injury reserve squads, but you can't you can't loan out your uh, your, your main squad. I think would be a better way of doing it. Um, and uh, yeah, also you play even even uh, top players who move early. Uh, I think that's wrong as well. If they're just going to go, if just because your side isn't 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 going to make the top eight. Um, yeah, Miles, you basically just go. Yeah, okay. So who do I want from the uh, Bulldogs, Warriors, uh, Knights, Titans, and um, and Tigers? And just go and say, right, we'll, we'll we'll go and take the best player from each one. That's five. That's five good players for us. Uh, that's uh, like a third of a side. Off we go, boys. We're going to win. That's now. Nah, yeah. Wrong. Yeah, and I think the NRL need to step in at some point. They've given the okay for this, obviously, because if it's happening, they give the okay on it. But yeah, what do you get? Do you get to a point next year where, with six weeks to go, the bottom four teams basically get like shafted and the the cream of the crop go and you know, play a couple of weeks elsewhere. Well, they, 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 to be fair, they, they, they have to save some money, right? Yeah. They, I think they said they're going to save like a hundred K for this um, to this salary cap. But at the moment, you know, all the rumors with the Tigers, the players that have signed there don't even want to go there at the moment. So what's extra money going to do? Um, Being very facetious there, but. No, no, but just from um, from an owner's point of view, you save a bit of cash. Like, yeah. yeah, whatever. Um, and because we can't get relegated to this competition, do we ever care about whether we win? So let's always be a bottom a bottom tier team. Sorry, yeah, I think it's wrong. Yeah, um, and, and Jacko made a good point, yeah. Bring the transfer date back to the 30th of June. The fact that it's um, as late as it is now is ridiculous. Yep. Um, that Yeah, I think they need to do that straight away. Um, I know that I think they pushed it out because of COVID, but, you know move it back um, so we don't get this circus um, going on. Um, but that if was you, all the you news. Really if you really can't find um, whatever it is, eight or what well, it was, what, so you, 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 you're starting seven plus, what, three rotation guys. If you can't find your – if you don't have ten forwards, then sure, you're allowed to get an exception. But if you've got if you've got ten forwards in the squad, tough. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was all the news we had. So we'll jump quickly into injury – Ward, there, there's a couple. Um, I didn't want to go too long, but uh, Panther Jerome Luai is out for the foreseeable future with a knee injury. Um, 
they're not sure. There's rumors he could even be out for the rest of the season, but they're they're awaiting scans. So I'll probably have a bit more news on that next week. Uh, but the Panthers this week will also be without Stephen Crichton after he sustained a concussion and required plastic surgery to fix his ear, which was torn. Uh, it was a bit ghastly. Um, kind of when I saw the picture of it, it kind of looked. It, I had flashbacks to Evander Holyfield. Um, it looked like someone had bitten his ear. But, um, yeah, so he's out for at least a couple of weeks. Um, Kalon Ponga from the Knights, his season is in doubt. He got his third concussion of the season, and, yeah, they're basically umming and ahhing on is it worth bringing him back for a season where they're not going to make the top eight. Um, what would you do in that situation? Your best player, but he keeps getting hurt. You have no chance of making finals. Do you let him kind of rest now and be 100% or as best as 100% he can be for next season? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, there's no there's no point risking him. Um, I, I, I If you had three concussions like that, you should be you should you should basically be sat, stood down full stop. Um, with the uh, was it over 100 players suing the uh, RFU and um, World Rugby and Welsh Rugby uh, over concussion and how all this research. And there's new research out this week showing a direct link between head knocks and CTE. Um, so it's not correlation now, it's causation. Uh, so look, yeah, you, you're standing down. There's no point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's tough because I, I assume he'd want to play, as most players do. But you've got to think, you know, you're paying him a lot of money. Do you want him to play these six games that mean nothing and potentially miss out on a lot of games next year or let him get to 100% so he can actually give you some success and make um, make him a bit more worth the ridiculous money they're paying him. Now, I thought I thought he'd actually already stood down and said he wasn't going to play, but he was going to play, but he wanted to play internationals. So we'll see see if that happens or, or whether he needs to play a couple of NRL games to prove he's fit to play internationals. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, the World Cup puts a bit of a... A bit of an issue on it, but I think yeah, players always want to play. It's the hardest thing. Um, but you gotta you gotta think long term. Um, yeah, so I think I think, I think he was actually happy to stand down for the rest of the season, but but he wants to be back for internationals. So um, yeah. so yeah, I don't think he'll be standing down until the end. Of, I don't think it's like getting six months off now until he's gonna he will be playing something. He will be doing some some rugby in that time. Yeah. Um, and Dragon Cody Ramsey, he's going to miss a couple of weeks after suffering a grade two medial ligament injury. Looked really bad in the game. It, it kind of looked like he might have snapped his leg or anything. Um, it was a very awkward position he was in. Um, he kept pushing the, the medical guy assessing him, kept like touching it. It looked like he was ready to punch the guy every time he touched his knee. Um so it's actually a very positive outcome for him. It looked like it could have been a season ender. So um, good to see um, that despite who he plays for, he, he should be back in a couple of weeks. And going with the Dragons still, Jaden Sullivan injured his AC joint and is going to miss two to three weeks. Um, so not too many injuries there other than the big ones to Luai and Ponga, um, which will take us to Naughty Boy Corner before we get into the games. It's quite a few. Um, it's so small here, I can't even see it on my screen. Um, hold on. I'm going to bring it up on the big screen here. Um, because... Well, we've got some. So, uh, Corey Waddle's uh, gone for five games for uh, yes. contact with the eye. For contact with the eye, for eye gouge. Now, it's it's probably always 
a, a typical Brad thing, but I didn't think there was much in it. It didn't look like an Iraq to me. Um, but he went and tried to fight it and was proven wrong. So um, color me wrong there. I I don't know what I'm talking about. And um, Dale Finucane yeah, got two weeks. On that one is just why do you need your hands up around someone's face? Just don't put them there. Simple. He's a big, he's a big guy, you know. Um, you gotta, you gotta do something to bring him down, and uh, sometimes the eyes are the way to go. Um, and sometimes sticking your finger up his someone's backside is apparently as well. But there we go. Uh, that that's a long time ago. Um, I just soon Simon's given us suspects. So I'm just quickly writing them down as well. But yeah, Dale Finucan got two weeks for his um, dangerous three grade three dangerous contact. It was um, the head clash that resulted in the torn ear. Um, for Stephen Crichton, they they clashed heads at high speed, and um, Dale Finucane's forehead against Crichton's ear, um, the forehead won out. Um, so he he fought it. He 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 did get it downgraded. So it was a grade three. He got it downgraded to two, which saw a two match ban. Um, basically saying, you know, it wasn't there was no intent in it. It was trying to stop a dangerous runner. Um, I don't have too much to say about it. You know my my stance, Paul, when it comes to head clashes and getting in trouble. But um, yeah, I guess my my was if 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 someone needs plastic surgery afterwards, it's <laughs> you should be banned. Yeah, that's my, um, that's my it was just a, it was reckless. So I think yeah. two weeks for being reckless, I think is fair enough. Um, I'll, I'll do the Richard in this where I'm on four banning, um, and then we had a whole lot of fines. Um, Liliami Kikau got. One and a half thousand dollars for a grade one shoulder charge. Nelson Asofa Solomona got three thousand dollars for a grade one high tackle. Um, Kim Mamalo got a thousand dollars for a grade one shoulder charge. Nelson Asofa Solomona got another three thousand um, dollars for a grade one dangerous contact. So he got six thousand um, in total. And then former warrior Matt Lodge. Um, in a second game for the Roosters, got $1,800 fine for a grade one careless high tackle. And um, before we go on to the round. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On Jacko just said... We have like every other game has got a fine... Uh, shows you that basically these fines are what total waste of time and not working. Yeah, well, it's, uh, at least it's not always the same people though. So uh-huh. maybe they're learning. It's just the others aren't. Um, but Jacko's got a comment. He said, um, "Finucane can't understand why he got suspended. It shows how much education is needed with players about concussions leading to dementia 
etc intent has nothing to do with it it was reckless yeah so um yeah with finucane still going i don't understand um that is a problem especially we just talked about kalen ponga you know um and Crichton to get concussed from from the the contact so there's got to be better care you know just saying um you know it was reckless and accidental isn't always uh um a way to go about it but um i don't want to sound too too unthug like because i'm ruining my reputation here so um we'll move into the round reviews i know you didn't watch so you can just listen to me i guess oh yeah did, uh, really don't we step in and just say i mean look we first came up we had the broncos thumping the eels uh look and uh, a clear win by uh two two teams finding it out for those uh uh, home playoff places. I mean, good win by the, by the Broncos, don't you think, Brad? It was a bigger win for Brisbane than I expected. Um, we usually do the little uh, rundown of the tries that Richard does. So yeah, I'm not that level of detail, I'm afraid. Sorry. <laughs> I've got those here. I quickly grabbed them um, since Richard normally does it. But um, Broncos, they scored six tries. Corey Oates, Payne Haas, Jordan Ricky, Kirk Capewell, Corey Oates, and Adam Reynolds. And the Eels scored three tries with Mike Sebo getting a double and Walker Blake um, getting a try. So, yeah, it was bigger win than I thought for the Broncos. Um, I expected them to win, but not by that much. The Eels, they continue to be inconsistent for me. Um, they started well in this match, but they blew a lot of opportunities. Uh, I thought it was a poor game from Clint Gutherson and Mitch Moses, and we've seen this too often from them. Um, so I'm not that overly surprised, but I thought Mike Sebo did look dangerous. Um, I thought there was some poor form from the Eels fans booing Jake Arthur, um, in my opinion. He only had five minutes in this game, but um, he's the son of the coach, and um, they seem to not be very happy that he's he's wearing a jersey for them out there. And I don't think he's done anything drastically wrong in his early career with them yet. It's I think it's strictly on the fact that he's the coach's son, um, which I don't think is fair. Um, you know, I'm all for booing uh, Nathan Cleary, obviously. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's – he hasn't done if anything wrong. I, I don't personally boo Warriors fair players myself. I, I write very critically about them. But I don't sit there and I, I boo them, you know. If, if they're having a shocker of a game, you know, you sure you let them know. But booing a kid that hasn't done anything um, – I think it's a bit, it's a bit hard. Probably was because of, I guess, partially because probably they were losing. And this, this was a, this was a big game with two, yeah. two, two teams uh, in in a similar part of the table. This really was a four pointer here. Um, the Eels, uh, they win this. They're in fourth place. They lose it. They're down to seventh. Um, yeah, yeah. It was a, a a real bad loss for the Eels. Let's be honest. Yeah, and um, yeah. They just, Eels continue to be uh, one of those teams that I think will finish the season in the first week of playoffs, yep. um, which is kind of how I've predicted them since we started the show um, every year, because that just seems to be what they are. They'll give you a couple of games where you go, this is the team that's going to win everything, and then they'll go out and do a performance like this, where, um, you know, losing to the Broncos isn't that bad. You know, the Broncos are a good team this year, but they were dominated essentially, um, which you don't want to see when you're meant to be in the same level as them. But um, the Broncos, I think they just continue to build. Um, their forwards did well, led as always by Payne Haas. He he ran for 225 meters, 
Um, the backs all look dangerous, and Adam Reynolds is back into the form we saw before his injury. Tessie New, I've been talking about a lot um, recently, and I thought he had another great night at fullback. And I think if he keeps this up, um, Reese Walsh isn't going to be having an easy time getting into the starting lineup next year there. Um, and yeah, I think they're building at the right time, and they could be a dark horse for the Premiership. Um, you know, it, it's still going to be a tough ask, but I think, um, yeah, and Jacko said they're looking good for the next couple of seasons. I think, um, yeah, they're building well, and they've got a lot of young players performing, which bodes well for their future. So um, great for the Broncos, considering the dark times they've had. Essentially, since we started this show, they've kind of been um, a bit rubbish. So yeah, we've, um, been, we've, been, we've been there, uh, the bad luck chomp. Um, yeah. Another, another dominating game between two teams that were similar on the table came up next on Friday night um, with um, Hunt picking up two tack, picking up two tries, Lomax perfect with the boot, 14-0 lead at half-time. Uh, look, the Sea Eagles picked up one with um, Ali Oi, um, but uh, uh, Finnegai um, opened up the lead, opened up, scored a try on the uh, on the hooter to, uh, to I guess, make, make the scoreline a bit more flattering than it really was. But, yeah, Dragons um, keep, keep themselves in with a shout of playoffs. Whereas that really hurt the um, the Sea Eagles because again uh, they win this one they're in the top eight they lost it they're out the top eight yeah yeah it was a big upset here um, my predicted wooden spooners beating my predicted premiers so that's always great to see um, yeah as you said the dragons look good here Ben Hunt um, I think still continues to carry this side um, and I think he will be in for a shot for the Dally M um, Cody Ramsey's injury we talked about earlier, um, it could have unsettled them, I thought, but they just kept working and they never really allowed Manly into the match. Um, as you said, Zach Lomax was great with the boot. Um, it was a good bounce-back game for him. Blake Lowry um, had another strong night in the middle. He ran for 201 metres. Um, they're still on the outside of the top eight as well, but a few more performances like this and they could find themselves in finals footy. Um, and Manly, I've got here, they just looked off. Um, they were making errors and the little tricks that DCE has been using in the past weren't working here. There was one where he kicked basically on his goal line for um, out to the corner. His player caught it but wasn't fast enough to get away. Um, in the past, that might have ended up being a highlight reel try. Um, but they also, just like the Dragons, are outside the eight and they need some wins on the board if they want to make a run for finals. Time's running out, but they do have some winnable games coming up um, as the semi-manly fan and me comes out trying to be positive yeah look i mean it's um I mean, the eels have not got a have not, have not got a nice run in from here but you think that they, they should make make it in the seven and then basically you've got roosters sea eagles um raiders and dragons all there on 20 points all fighting it out for that final place so uh yeah not exciting time heading up into the finals yeah definitely and that brings us to the next game on friday which was the roosters defeating the knights 42 12 um, yeah, eight tries for the Roosters. Uh, Luke Keary, Joseph Suwali, James Desco, Daniel Tupo, Suwali again, Tupo again, Angus Crichton, Egan Butcher, and then Phoenix Crossland and Edric Lee got some consolation tries in the final 10 minutes for the Knights. Not really much to say here. Knights um, lost Kalen Ponga and their night was over. Um, they missed 42 tackles. They also lost Dane Gagai to the Simbin for having a go at the referee. Um, and going up against Roosters, you can't um, give them that much help. The season's over, but they'll want some bounce back to show uh, earn some pride back. Um, but yeah, Roosters just look fantastic. Uh, 
competition um, wasn't the best, but they continue to play at the level instead of going down to Newcastle's level. Um, yeah, Sam Walker looked... Leading this one 2-42, to 42, AMG. This was an absolute thrashing, wasn't it? Let's be blunt. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, their spine looks great. Their forwards had a great night, and their backs look dangerous. So it's kind of ticking all the boxes. Um, so good night out for the Roosters. Yep, don't think you can blame, and you, you can't blame it on on a, on a couple of an injury and a and a sim bidding. No, no. Um, then first game on Saturday, Raiders defeating the Warriors twenty six fourteen. Um, four tries for the Raiders: Albert Hopewadi, Sebastian Chris, and then Corey Hawera Naira got a double, and then the Warriors got two through Jack Murchie and. Dejan Arce. Um, a fantastic game to watch. I was very happy for the first 40 and absolutely miserable in the second. I was gonna say um, your 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 description of the tries does not do this justice, right? No. 14, it was nil 14 at half time. The, the Warriors winning that first half convincingly and then not scoring another point, point all game. So yeah, listing out the 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 Raiders tries tries first was the wrong way around in this one. Um, because yeah, the, the Warriors went out there and got themselves a good lead and then just I don't they know. Fell asleep. Yeah, <laughs> they fell asleep. That's the nicest way to put it. Um, yeah, the Warriors, they scored 12 of their 14 points in the first eight minutes. Um, I thought Chanel Harris-Tavita looked good at fullback. I think he runs great lines and sets up the defensive line well. Reese Walsh is back in that spot this week. Um, but hopefully he takes some notes as he could be lethal running off the inside shoulder like Chanel was. Um, yeah, we... Jack Host talked about the 40 I'm going to get to them. They're on my notes. Um, Tohu Harris was great once again in the middle. Um, however, I'm very nervous as a Warriors fan when they go into the sheds at halftime with a double-digit lead. Um, normally, you, you're a bit more relaxed. The moment that happens, I'm worrying about what they're going to do to ruin it. As, as bad as that might sound, um, it's just been ingrained into me that the Warriors, these are the opportunities. There was one years ago, well before the show against the Panthers, where they had like 20-something points ahead at half time. I had to go out with the girlfriend, and I was listening to it on my phone and listening to the team completely fall apart and lose, and I blamed her on it. Um, but, yeah, it was just horrible. Um, they just, yeah, they didn't come out in the second half. Simple as that. They were making too many errors. They had mental lapses, and they just let the Raiders off the hook. Um, it's good to see Simons finally wanting to talk about his team. Um, it was a disappointing match to lose, but at least we as Warriors fans have a game to watch at Mount Smart this week. Um, the Raiders, they looked terrible in the first half. They couldn't break the Warriors' defensive line. It looked certain to be a massive upset but they held their nerve and waited for the Warriors to give them a chance. Jack Whiten was amazing. Um, his 240-20 sealed the Warriors' fate, essentially. Um, you wouldn't have seen it, Paul, but one of his 40-20s, you can't even call it a 40-20. I didn't realize it was a 40-20 because I couldn't see the 40-meter line. He was that far back. Um, I know, I just thought it was a, an okay kick and then realized it was. It was it was more like a 70-30. Um it was a crazy Corey Howard Hadawira Naira was deadly close to the line almost every time. He scored a double, almost got a hat trick. Joseph Tapani and Josh Papali'i. Um, I thought they didn't look that great in the first half, but when they came back on together in the second half, they really took over the control of the middle, and it all, that's where it all fell apart for the Warriors. 
Um, good effort from the Raiders here as they keep their hopes for a top eight spot open. And yeah, um, Simon said he was glad they just um, they faded into a game halftime. Um, I think they also said stat-wise the Warriors have now taken over um, the Raiders overall for um, most games they've lost after holding a double-digit lead. I think they said that was the Warriors' 54th game in their history where they've given up a substantial lead, and the Raiders had 53. So um, well, We've got another one coming up. Wow, come on now. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, so yeah, very disappointing, but well deserved from the Raiders. You know, a game's eighty minutes long. If you don't, if you're not willing to play for eighty, um, you deserve to get the carpet pulled, which is what we saw here, unfortunately, as Warriors fans. Um, but next game on Saturday was Panthers defeating the Sharks twenty to ten. Um, Isaac Targo, Dylan Edwards, and Jerome Luai scored the tries for the Panthers, and Connor Tracy and Matt Moylan scored for the Sharks. Um, it's almost a carbon copy of the Raiders-Warriors game we just talked about. The Sharks shot say, out of the gates double, early. Double score lead. I said there's another game coming up like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they shot out to a, a, game, a lead early, and then the Panthers struck back and took the win. Sharks stayed in the hunt for the entire match, though. Um, there was only, They were only a try away from the win until the 77th minute where the Panthers scored again. Um, their defense let them down in the end, though. They missed 41 tackles. And you can't do that against the Panthers. Um, they also made 15 errors, which is a big no-no. Um, besides all of that, though, I thought they showed that if they can stick to their game plan and reduce those errors both with the ball and defensively, um, then they have what it takes to go deep into the playoffs. Um, losing by the 10 to the Panthers is not actually that bad in the bigger scheme of things, um, especially when you can look and go, if we did this, this, and this, it might have been closer. Um, but yeah, Panthers are just um, a hard team to beat. You really have to be on your A game. Um, they were never out of the contest, and they also had their issues. They missed 36 tackles and made 12 errors of their own, um, but they're just good at defending those errors um, when it counts. Um, and Nathan Cleary um, is just so good at controlling matches. As long as he's there, I think they're a threat to go back-to-back. Back. Hey, Simon says the Warriors need psychologists to motivate players <laughs> to play more than one half. Um, I think it could be, uh, I don't know, Paul, I think it could, it's the cliche to say fitness. You know, mental lapses seem to come when you're fatigued. So it could be that they're just fatigued. I don't know. Um, I, you've also, you've I got spent a, my you've career being fatigued, so I don't know. Who might not know, perhaps doesn't know how to change things at halftime or how to, when, when the opposition changed things up with a uh, with an experienced head coach and, you, and uh, you've got a guy who's not used to doing that at halftime, maybe that's part of it as well. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Um, so that brings us to the final game on Saturday, which was the Rabbitohs defeating the Storm 24-12. Um, five tries for the Rabbitohs. Um, we got uh, Keon Kolomatangi um, scored. Alex Johnson scored a double. Lachlan Elias scored and Jackson Polo. And then two tries for the Storm through Marion Sivi and Dean Eremaya. Um, Storm lose again. Um, we talked about it last week, and I said I didn't want to see them lose this week because I didn't want them to go up against the Warriors on a four-game losing streak. Um, unfortunately, that's what we've got. They just looked poor on defense, even worse on attack. And I don't know what's going on with them. I know they're playing without some key players, but as I said in the news part about the lone players, the Storm are known for playing well regardless of who's on the pitch. Um, their forwards barely made a dent. 
And when your middle's unable to get you up the field, your halves just can't get scoring opportunities out to the backs. Um, so a lot of soul searching's needed. Um, but as a Bias Warriors fan, I hope they have one more loss in them before they find their groove. Um, they did. There is a stat going around this week that they did lose five in a row in 2012, which we talked about last week. I forgot to mention when we talked about it last week, Paul, that they lost five in a row and then they went on that year to win the grand final. Oh. Um, they, they lost five in a row and then they banged out, I think it was eight or nine wins in a row that went straight through to the grand final. Um, so you can never really write them off, in my opinion. So I'm going to bite my tongue for a few more weeks and see what happens. Um, but they're just, yeah, I'm not writing them off just yet, even though they look terrible. Um, yeah, but yeah. And, and this, this, this scoreline, even at 24-12, flatters them because it was, um, uh, well, it was 24-6 and a, a relatively late try. So, yeah, basically, so sort of, I'm guessing they took the foot off the, the gas at the end there and just, uh, so, yeah, so I'm, it's uh, good, really good, a good, good and important win for the Rabbitohs there to keep themselves in the uh, in, in the hunt for a, um, uh, for, for, for a home for a home final, but uh, yeah, they'll need they'll need to they can't they can't lose many more. No, um, yeah, they're on that tightrope. Um, that brings us to the first game on Sunday, which was the Bulldogs defeating the Titans 36-26. Uh Shadow Car got a you what sorry? Defense optional. Josh Shadow Car got a hat trick. Jerry Marshall King also scored. So did Matt Burton. He got a double. And then uh, five tries for the Titans. Toby Sexton, David Fafida, Philip Sami, Patrick Herbert, and Jojo Fafida. Um, a closer game than I thought, Paul. Uh, it was, I thought the Titans showed some fight. Josh Adokar stole the show with his hat trick, with two of them being length of the field jobs. Um, Jerry Marshall King also looked great again and is building nice form as he prepares for his first season of, as a Dolphin next year. Matt Burden, he asked plenty of questions and was dangerous with the ball in hand. Um, the score was close, but I felt like the Bulldogs were never in doubt. Um, it just always looked like they were going to get there in the end, um, even though the Titans were doing their best to stay in the hunt. Um, good performance from the Bulldogs, though, and I think it's showing that they're going to be very competitive next year. You know, this year's over. They've got a good base here, some good players coming in. Um, yeah, it's unfortunately another bottom eight team that looks like they're going to be a force next year, which makes... Life as a Warriors fan a little bit harder. Um, Look, I mean, two two sides here that they've got nothing to play for throughout the season apart. So go out and enjoy your footy, boys. Essentially, uh, that's kind of what it felt like. It was like we got nothing to lose here, so let's chance our arm and see what happens. And it was enjoyable to watch the Titans. They did score a lot of points, um, which is a step in the right direction, but they still look lost on attack. Um, it felt like they were just doing one out football and then putting a grubber into the end goal and hoping that something happens. Um, and you need more than that if you want to get wins in the NRL. Um, Big Tino tried his best in the middle for them, but he can't do it alone. And I still want to see more out of David Fafita. Um, you know, he's a million-dollar man, and he's he's playing like a, a minimum wager. Um, Jojo Fafita, um, I don't know if they're related. Uh, I don't know my knowledge, but he looks like a nice young talent with a bright future, which is positive for them. And it was good to see Jaden Campbell um, back, but that doesn't really matter if the forwards don't front up. So um, tough year for the Titans, and if they avoid the wooden spoon, it's going to be by the slimmest of margins. Yep, it's because uh, I mean, Tigers sat last. Um, and you guys have been saying some good things about how they're playing and about the coaching going. So uh, yeah, and, and to have yeah, be robbed in this this Cowboys game, 
Yeah, yeah, a team that doesn't deserve to be minus nearly 200 points. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, a, a, a team that's perhaps, again, again, another team that's perhaps been allowed to go out there and actually go out, boys, enjoy your footy, uh, see, yeah. see if we can get some upsets. Definitely. And that, yes, uh, speaking of the Tigers, that brings us to the final game of the round. Um, Cowboys winning 27 to 26, four tries to the Cowboys through Tom Dearden, Valentine Holmes, and a double to Jeremiah Nanai, and five tries to the Tigers through Brent Naden, uh, Faumu Brown, Asu Kapoa. Brent Naden got another, and then Stafford Toa with the uh, meant to be match winner at the end. Um, but yeah, good old NRL saves the most controversial game until the very end of the round. Um, as we said, Tigers look like they got the massive upset until the bunker handed the Cowboys the win in the 80th minute. Um, as we already mentioned, the bunker got the call wrong, which is unfortunate for the Tigers. Their horror year continues. Um, just looks like the NRL wants to keep twisting that knife. Um, but besides that, I thought the Tigers played really well here. No one gave them a shot, myself included. Um, and they hung in and took the Cowboys to the limit. Dane Lowry looked really great. He set up Stafford Toa's match-winning um, try. But I thought it was just a great performance from the Tigers. The heart that I said went missing um, when they sacked their coach is coming back. Um, and I think um, they do have a shot of avoiding that wooden spoon if they keep playing like this. Um, yeah, well, it's, missing, missing three conversions didn't help them. Yeah. Um, which yeah, is unfortunate. Adam Dewey is usually reasonably accurate at the boat, and um, yeah, it didn't help them here. But the Cowboys, they will be breathing a sigh of relief. Um, they got lucky here, and it may have been the wake-up call they needed before Fani's footy. Um, I think you know maybe they were starting to believe the hype that everyone's been talking. Um, like Jacko said, Tigers exposed kinks in the cows. They've led in over 20 points in every game in the last five rounds. Yeah. Um, I think they might have just been believing their hype a little bit too much. Um, and like many teams, you see you're playing the Tigers. You know, mentally, you might just let off a little bit going, this is an easy game. We don't even need to try. We're going to beat the Tigers here. So that could have been something that happened here too. Um, Tom Dearden, I thought, has gone to another level since playing Origin. And the same can be said about Jeremiah Nanai. Um, he's just so threatening with the ball in hand. Their backs were busy. I think I've got it here. Every single back except for Chad Townsend ran for over 100 metres. And Valentine Holmes, um, his boot proved the difference here. He um, got 100% in his conversions, his penalty goal, and he also nailed a field goal as well. Um, was a good match to end the round with. It was just a shame the controversial ending spoiled it. Yep. And um, so, yeah, that is round 19. So we'll bring up the ladder. Um, not too many changes. The Broncos have gone up again. So we've got Panthers, Cowboys, Sharks, and Broncos in the top four. Um, Storm have gone down to fifth. The Rabbitohs have gone up to sixth. Eels have gone down to seventh. And Roosters have gone up into the eighth spot. Um, sea Eagles have gone down into ninth. Raiders stay where they are at 10th. The Dragons stay where they are at 11th. The Bulldogs have gone up to 12th, which means that my Warriors have gone down to 13th. Um, Knights have gone down to 14th, and the Titans and Tigers stay where they were um, at the start of the round at 15th and 16th. They did switch for a couple of seconds um, when the Tigers got that win, but it quickly changed back. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting there. I am willing to say, Paul, I, I think Dragons down are done. Um, I think it's I I don't like the dragons, so that might be bias on my side there. 
But I think legitimately the Raiders and the Seagulls are the only ones that have a chance of sneaking in with the Eels and Roosters being the ones that sneak out. I'd, ooh, I'd probably go even further and say Storm Eels dropping out. The Storm are going to just keep losing. Um, I think the Roosters are playing too well. Um, if there were changes, it could just be as simple as the Eels drop out and either Seagulls or Raiders go in. Um, it's always hard to say. Um, yeah, we've got six six games left, right? Or oh, six rounds yeah. left, sorry. <clears throat> six rounds left. Sorry. Yeah, it's um the uh yeah, so it's it's gonna take well for the Eels to drop out, they've got uh well it's that they'll, they'll they'll basically have to lose um well two or maybe probably even three games looking three at three games. Yeah. Um so yeah, can they um and they've got they've got a buy. So I think it's tough. I uh, it's a big ask for the Eels to slip out. I mean the Eels should should just survive. Um for my mind. I, I maybe. think maybe uh, the um so yeah. Maybe, Paul. Maybe we'll see. And we want we also um, want the roosters into the into the final, so I can keep using my roosters haircut picture. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's the letter. And do you have our standing, uh, our tip standings there? Nice. There we go. So um, Simon actually beat everybody this round. He only got one game wrong. Um, I am just looking. He got the Dragon Seagulls game wrong. Um, that was the only one he got. Richard and myself both got two wrong. I got the Seagulls game wrong and the Storm game wrong. And Richie got the Eels and Seagulls games wrong. So I am still leading. I've got 100 out of 144. Richie is behind me, 96 out of 144. And Simon's, he's he's narrowed that gap between him and Richie at 94 out of 144. Um, yeah, he's pulled, and, pulled one back there. He's pulled one back, so um, we might see a switch. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you, Simon. I want to see Richard dead last. So. Um, <laughs> well, with, with yeah. any six, actually, yeah, that's, that's not, uh, ignore what I was going to say there. All right. And um, were there any questions from anyone in the crowd? Uh, no, we've just been chatting away, and uh, they've just been joining the chat, really. All right. So um, Richard's question, he did give it to me, but we've basically covered it. Um, he was asking, with all the concussions to Kalen Ponga, do we think he should have the rest of the season off? We've both already said we think he should. Yep, um, totally. And my question was about the Storm, which I might keep for him next week, depending on how this week's game goes. Um, <laughs> so we'll go into our round 20 predictions. Simon gave me the picks early on. Richard's given me his, so we'll go through. Uh, tomorrow night, we've got the Seals and the Roosters. Um, Richard and myself have both picked the Roosters, and Simon's picked Seagulls. Um, I think the Roosters are showing good form, and the Seagulls with players missing, I think it might be a bit too hard for them, but we'll see what happens there. First I guess the only, on... the only thing you can say for the Seagulls is that it might, uh, it might it, that all the controversy might bring them together. But yeah, you're potentially favorite player. Yeah. And um, the Seagulls are playing at home as well. So um, they might have a shot there. Friday night, Warriors versus Storm. Um, my second game I get to go to this year. So very excited. Not about who we're playing, but um, just be good to be there again. Uh, Simon and myself have both picked the Storm. And Richard has picked the Warriors. Um, pretty sure this is like the third time he's picked them after saying he was never picking them again. But... Um, We'll go there. It's probably the best time for the Warriors to face the Storm, potentially, but it could also be the worst time. Um, <laughs> so I really don't know. I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong here, and I'm hoping the Warriors get a win. Um, but...
but yeah, I think it's going to be tough. The Storm will be really looking at, they don't want to go to five losses in a row. But um, next game on Friday or is maybe, Eels. Or, or maybe they do because last time I got five losses, they went on to win the championship. True, true. That um, I'd be happy with that because at least it means the Warriors get a win. <laughs> um, I think they said stat-wise, Paul, the Warriors haven't beaten the Storm since 2015. So <laughs> that's a long time. Um, next game on Friday was Eels Panthers. All three of us have picked the Panthers. Um, kind of shock horror, shock horror there. Yep. Uh, first game on Saturday, we had Titans Raiders. All three of us have picked the Raiders. Uh, no big yep. surprises there either. Uh, next game was Sharks Rabbitohs. Uh, Simon and myself have picked the Rabbitohs, and Richie has gone with the Sharks. Um, interesting there, but he's trying to get some upsets, I think. No, I'd, I'd have gone with the, I mean, the, the, the the Sharks still third in the table. Um, Come on, Rab- Rabbitohs are building, Paul. They're at the building. Um, okay. Sharks they, just, they just bit the, the Storm. Yeah, um, but, but the Storm are on a four-game <laughs> losing streak. We always said that doesn't really... <laughs> That's true. But um, it'll, it'll be, I, I think that potentially should be, be the match game. of the round. Yeah. Um, then the last game on Saturday night is the Broncos versus Tigers. Uh, Tigers' woes continue. All three of us have picked the Broncos. Oh, the Tigers um, will be seething after last weekend. Maybe that will galvanise them to a, a good result. That's true. Uh, we will see. First game on Sunday, though, we have Knights-Bulldogs. All three of us have picked the Bulldogs. And like then, yeah, and then the last game of the round, Dragons-Cowboys. All three of us have picked the Cowboys. So Yeah, um, that, would be the, that, that would probably be the nail in the Dragons' coffin, wouldn't it? You the, would think uh, so. I think if they lose that, I don't think they have a shot of making the eight. So um, not too many differences there. Me and uh, Simon, effectively the same except for the Roosters Seagulls game. And Richard's just different all over the place because um, I don't know what he's thinking. Because he's not a filthy traitor. <laughs> yeah. um, I can tell you he, he did have the storm earlier on and then he changed his mind. So I'll, I'll break that spoiler. Um, but before we sign off, we'll go into some quick overseas news with uh, the Super Super League. Another win sees St. Helens extend their lead at the top of the ladder to six points. Um, Wigan are still second, and Catalans have jumped Uddersfield to third after beating them this week. Um, Toulouse are still keeping off the bottom of the ladder due to points differential. But um, yeah, Wigan unfortunately had a bit of a hiccup. They lost 42-12 to Leeds. Um, Hull KR defeated Warrington 30-22. Castleford defeated Hull FC 46-18. Catalans, as I said, they defeated Huddersfield, but they only won 13-12. Um, Salford defeated Toulouse 24-11. And then St. Helens won over Wakefield 13-12. So as Simon mentioned last week, um, Toulouse, in order to keep from being relegated, they need to win and they need to make sure Wakefield keep losing. So um, St. Helens helped them out there. This week, um, Wakefield are playing Castleford, so they could get another loss there. But Wigan are playing Hull KR, Toulouse are playing Hull FC, um, Uddersfield versus Warrington, Catalans versus Leeds, and then Salford versus St. Helens. Um, so some good matches in there, and hopefully Wigan, for me, can get back into their winning ways because I can't see both my Warriors teams losing in the same week. It's not good for my my heart. But um, anything else you want to add before we sign off, Paul? No, so I'm just warning us that uh, uh, your, your rugby league games will be in a different place because of the Commonwealth Games. So check out Sky Sports 3. Over here Commonwealth in Games. Honestly. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, Republic, tell us to go away. <laughs> True. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us tonight on Standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on rugby league. Tune in the show here next week at 8 p.m. on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, thank you, Paul, for jumping in and helping me out so I'm not running solo tonight. And uh, let's see if Richie shows up next week. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening. And good night, everyone. Good night. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.